Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Bed Talks. I am so excited to have Nicole Richmond on the show today. Um, Nicole Richmond, I always joke that I have like this Instagram family. I'll be talking to my husband about friends on the internet and he'll be like, how do you know them again? And I'll be like, through Instagram. <laughs> and it's like, it's funny, you just, you, you meet people and it's something about, you just feel a connection or understanding of what they're going to through and you just naturally connect with them. And it, like, you never meet them in real life, but you have little uh, messages back and forth, checking in with each other. Cause you could tell when the other needs a little encouragement or you're just trying to keep cheering them on to whatever they're doing. So Nicole, is one of those people um, on Instagram, her page is making a stylish exit. So when I first saw that, I was like, what the heck is that about? Um, and then as I started following her, I learned a lot about her. So I'm not going to steal her thunder. Welcome to the show, Nicole. I want you to tell people a little bit about you. Oh, thank you so much for, for having me on here. No, and just like you said, there is a, an Instagram family or community, and I definitely um, definitely felt that like my page making a stylish exit um, was a transition before it was Le Divorcee. I had a, a blog when I started, when I started down this, this long winding up and down path of trying to get divorced about five years ago. And I started a blog just to, to vent really frustrations. It was really difficult being um, a foreigner in another, you know, another place, another language, and just trying to maneuver and the ins and outs of this divorce process. And then that switched to making a stylish exit. I felt it was more appropriate. I had kind of grown through the process. <laughs> so I was trying to do it with some style and some grace. And um, yeah, and that's where I came. Yeah. And look, there's nothing uh, to be ashamed of here. Like Divorce is just not graceful, right? It's it's messy, it's ugly, it's bitter. <laughs> but then it's like anything else, as time goes on and you go through the process, there's definitely a period where you readjust, where if you have you know kids in common, that you learn to coexist and co-parent. But I, I think for people that are out there that may be in a situation where they're on the cusp of a divorce or they're thinking about getting a divorce, one of the things we talked about before we started talking live with the audience is that you kind of know when it's over, but there's this inherent thing in yourself where you want to push through it, right? You want to just like, you keep trying to make it work because there's emotional factor of you loving this person, not wanting to have to go through this process again, or you wanted to have a, a united family, right? Because you may have kids in common, or there could be financial considerations. It, it, you know, it's very complex. And and I, I know I was watching or reading about, it was a, a, a young lady, she's like, she does something with like rehabbing properties and she was very popular. And she was going through her second, this is her second marriage, and they had a new kid recently, and they had kids from their other existing marriages prior to being together. And I, I love the way she kind of announced her divorce. She was just like, look, I don't, I feel bad. Like, I feel like I failed. I don't, I didn't want to fail again. I thought I could actually make it work this time, but we found we could not make it work. And so it's embarrassing and I feel sad and it's hard. This is a messy situation, but we're just trying to really exist the best way we can through this process. So Nicole, I think your story is very inspirational. She's totally being modest, guys. Uh, it kind of <laughs> took her five years, right, to get to this point of getting through, right, the divorce. And she's going to talk a little bit about that. And now she's kind of learning how to 
pull herself back together and be holistic. And let's not even, I mean, and that would be another show talking about the whole part of after you come through the divorce, you heal, and now you're trying to date again. You're like, what is going on after out here? Because you've been out of that loop for a long time. But can you just like tell our audience a little bit about what the process was like for you, what you found to be difficult and how you kind of just navigated through it? Um, yeah, it was extremely difficult. Like I said, you know, I'm from uh, the States, from Washington, D.C. I've been living in Geneva um, ooh, this year, 16 years. So, um, yeah, half of my adult life I've been living in Switzerland. So it was difficult to navigate. And, you know, you don't have family. I already have a small family, but I didn't have any family here. Like my family really was my ex-husband and, and his family. Um, so at a moment, like you said, it took me, it wasn't like one night I woke up and was like, oh, the next day, oh, I want a divorce. This was years thinking, you know, I'm completely financially on my husband. I don't have a job. I don't have any family. Where am I going to go? What you're am I going to do? Country, right. And you're in a foreign country. <laughs> it's like, I can just, you know, go home or go around the corner and say my cousins or my aunts or my moms. I literally had no one here. And so it took a long time to you know, you said, I tried to push through, I said, okay, maybe we can try to make it this work. And I feel like every year I was writing a letter because I'm, I feel like I'm more expressive when I write. So I was writing a letter to my ex-husband, like, we cannot go on like this, like something's got to give. And then, you know, there were words, okay, I'm going to do better. We're going to try, we're going to try this. And then, you know, nothing. So after a point, you know, and I have two boys. So that really was a catalyst for me saying, I can't have my my kids seeing this relationship. I don't want them to think that this is what a healthy relationship looks like, that this is what love looks like. This is how you treat someone that you love. So that was the, the real point where I said, you know, enough is enough. I can't, I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea. I was totally not prepared at all. I just said, I want a divorce. I cannot do this. Let's and, talk, right, let's talk yeah. about that. Cause I think like when you are married, there are certain things that you naturally uh, benefit from in being in a relationship. Like you feel protection, right? Because you have a spouse there. When you need certain things to be done, you can lean into your spouse. If your spouse is the breadwinner, that that feels there's a comfort there, right? With not having to worry about doing those particular duties or handling those responsibilities. So how did you feel like as you went through the process? Like what did you learn about yourself? just figuring out each of those steps. Like, for example, you talked about, you know, your husband was the breadwinner, right? And yeah. you you weren't working. So like, what was your fear around it? And then how did you overcome that fear? Uh, like I said, I really just have stepped out on faith, <laughs> a wing and a prayer, if you will. Like I said, I had not planned um, anything. I didn't have any money saved. I didn't have anything. I just knew that I was so unhappy and it had been so long that I had been so unhappy and my boys were getting older and to the fact that, you know, they were starting to even realize what was, you know, that all the toxicity that was in our relationship. And that was really my catalyst. And I didn't even think, you know, I just said, this is the end. So I was scared, I, but you know, I was nervous, but I said, it will be better. I didn't know how long it was going to take to get better, but I said, in the end, when all the dust settles, um, I'll be happier. My ex-husband will ho hopefully be happier. My children will be happier. And I just went out like, 
just did that. I mean, it was totally naive of me. I mean, I ended up into world World War 55. I had literally no idea. I honestly thought that my ex would be like, you know, we've tried, we tried and it didn't work, but he wanted a war. So we, we, we went through a war. Now we're, we're in, a, in a peaceful moment. But honestly, I had, thank God for my mother. My, she's my angel. She's, um, and she's in the States. So it was difficult, you know, I'm in Switzerland. She's in the States. So um, she helped as much as she could. I lost lots of people who I thought were my friends um, in this process. But in the end, I created uh, with the, my blog and now with making the slash exit, I created my own community. I created uh, my own tribe because I wanted to help people or share what I was learning or going through and, you know, find like minds and, you know, just say you're not alone or I'm not alone. And I found uh, this community. And so like, how do you feel? Like, I, I liked, I loved a lot of what you said. Like it was faith. It was a prayer. It was hope. It was um, wanting something better for my kids. And I think like it, what's interesting about us as humans is that sometimes we may not want, we, we may, we want what's best for us, but we may not take the steps to take what's best for, for us. But when there's something outside of ourselves that we know could benefit from that change, like children or our family, or you know, just something that you're trying to build, it can move you to do things you never thought you could do. So, so I think you should give yourself credit that you kind of just kept pushing through it. You leaned into your mom as a source of support emotionally. Um, you, 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 you started building a tribe around you of people. And what people don't realize, like I'm a relationship coach and, and Nicole, I'm sure you can relate to this. A lot of times people inspire me the same way they think that I'm inspiring them. Like there's things you guys give back to us as we're going through similar challenges that helps us to stay strong. Cause we're like, wait, I got to pull this together because there's people leaning into me and hoping <laughs> that they can learn from this. Right. And I can't lead them down the wrong road. So I think that you did a lot of really positive things to kind of keep yourself uplifted and focused during a difficult time. And then on the back end, you said like, now it's gotten better. So tell people once you really like work through all the fears, right, of, of going on on your own, being a single parent, um, trying to just like recuperate, right, from from being with someone. What does that feel like for you? What have you learned about yourself that you wouldn't have known before this process? Well, one thing that I've learned about myself that, I mean, I am stronger than I ever, ever, ever imagined. Um, like my mom, I was talking to her and she's like, I don't know how you do it. And I was like, I don't have any other I don't have any other choice but to do it. There is no other choice. I have to get this done. And so I just became strong and, you know, there were, you know, dark days and darker days, but I always, I felt like I was doing the right thing. I felt that, you know, I had given my all, like you, like you said in the story, you do feel like a bit of a failure. You do feel like, you know, I couldn't, you know, keep my marriage together. And after I had this, like, huge like fairy tale some people think fairy tale life marriage and I, here I am and now I'm like you know really struggling it was it was rough and even now until today it's not all easy peasy it's gotten between my ex and I there's less animosity so we're on a more peaceful place but yeah it's still you know day to day these <laughs> the financial situation is not you know always uh, the best I've sold um, most of my my handbag collection i sold a lot of jewelry i mean it you know and in the end i mean that kind of sucks i like i'm not background is in fashion i like 
nice things, but at the end, they're things. Up on that, <laughs> she does have a really good eye for fashion, and I picked up that you like nice things. Um, so yeah, that, but in the moment I said, if I have, okay, if I have to sell this Chanel bag and you know, okay, I sold it. I mean, one, I'll buy another one at some point later in my life, or maybe not, but yeah, those are just things. So I was like, I don't want to be, um, you know, attached. And I remember when I told some people, some first, uh, those friends that I'm getting divorced and there was a, the common theme was like, why are you getting divorced? You have such a good life. You have this great house and you travel and you have money and you do this. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, oh, but it's like, he's beating you. And I'm like, oh, so he's not beating me. So I should just stay in an unhappy marriage <laughs> because, you know, I'm like, there's verbal abuse. It's not only physical abuse. So I was like, I don't, you know, I wasn't willing to just, you know, keep the Chanel bags and be unhappy. I was like, I don't know that it wasn't. That is a weird thing. Like, I, I, I definitely agree that I think the hardest times to consider if you should stay in a relationship or not is when there isn't, it isn't black and white, meaning like if someone's a, has an addiction to drugs or alcohol, easy. Okay. Nope. I need to leave this. Right. But even in those situations, it's not always easy for people to leave. If they physically abuse me, okay, I need to leave. But when it comes to the more softer things like emotional abuse or just like it, it's, it's broken, like it's, it's just very toxic. Like it's, it, you're, you're in this circular situation where you just know it's not going to work because it's very unilateral, meaning there's only one party really committed to making it work or committed to trying to pull it through. And as you know, like I, marriage does have its ups and downs. It's not perfect all the time. So de definitely you're going to have challenges, but I just think some things are, are still deal breakers, even if it's not so black and white that someone has a drug addiction or they're physically abusive or they're, they're inconsistent financially, right? Things like that. I think there's other things, but it's weird that people will place a higher weight on the, the perception of things, right? Um, and, and, and so for example, exactly what you said, like, oh, well, you have a nice house, you're traveling, you have kid, you know, you have whatever access to whatever things you want, you have this beautiful family. So just let that other stuff go away. But I think that the results of that are more long lasting, meaning one day you wake up and realize 20, 30 years, 40, 50 years. And we've seen couples like this. We're like, how did they stay together like 40, 30, 40 years? And then it's over. And they did it kind of because they they knew it was, they, they didn't want to do it. And maybe they did it for their family or whatever. But they will tell you they would have wished to make that decision earlier to end it and move on because they kind of probably may have missed out on having what they wanted. I've heard so many people say that. But it's just interesting that people will hold on sometimes for the material things and I always feel like with the material things you can rebuild like Nicole you're going to rebuild you're going to if you could figure out how to do it once you can figure out how to do it again and there's almost more power in, in in figuring that out on your own sometimes because it gives you a different type of confidence so you're more particular about who you allow in your space the next time because you're a proven model you're like okay I had this relationship I left it was hard I had to start over but I built myself back up. So whoever comes in, you're going to be more selective about who you allow in that space. So I, I think for people that are sitting out there like, but I have this and I have that, are you happy? Because I know a lot of people, I coach them that, that from the outside, it looks really great. But when you go inside their lives, they're just miserable. So being in a big house, but you, you're not communicating with your partner, you don't have intimacy, you don't have a healthy relationship, that's not a good thing. Even secondarily, like if you have kids watching it, now you're building a pattern in their mind of something that's unhealthy, right? Being acceptable. So now you're creating this legacy 
of things that can happen generationally. And, and, I, and, I see, and I see the effects of that too. Kids who have been in situations where their parents were in toxic relationships and the kids are confused. They're like, I don't, I don't trust myself. I think I have this behavior because they've observed it and they're afraid they're gonna model it. So it just creates this like legacy of, of bad situations. We always hear about these things. How do people you know, from generation to generation have the same mindset? And I think relationships is so important because it, it helps for, and I know I'm going on a soapbox a little bit here, but it helps to build so much legacy, right? It helps to build you know, the, the financial state, the spiritual state, the emotional state. So if you can't get that together and you're, you're demonstrating that to your children, it's just, you're, you're doing them a disservice. Um, so if anything, think, thinking beyond yourself to your kids and the impact there, I think that's even more you know, important. Oh, definitely. And also, I'll give you a even more background. My parents should have gotten a divorce much, let's say, uh, 10, 12 years before they did. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was 10 years old, I told my mom she should get a divorce. And she's like, no, 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 I can't do it. You know, it's, it'll be too difficult with just me and you. And I was like, no, I'll be super good. Like, you should get a divorce. And <laughs> she didn't. <laughs> they literally dropped me off at college. Um, and when I came back home for Thanksgiving, my mom had a new house. They were divorced. So they had, that was eight, eight years. So I lived through that. And that also, and it was basically, it got to a point where it was three people in the house. It was just, my dad had his, he did his thing. My mom was doing what she was doing. And then, you know, there was me. And I lived through that. And I didn't want my kids to, that was, and I was like, you know, this, I don't want that. I don't want to repeat that cycle. I don't want to stay in this marriage because of my kids. I don't want, eventually, I mean, of course they were young, uh, I think five and five and eight. So they were pretty young, yeah. but I, it's going to be rough. It's going to be difficult for everyone in the beginning, but right. when it's over and they see mommy happy, they see daddy happy, then they can be happy because it was getting so toxic that, this, you kids know, are they were so, kids are so intuitive. Like I, I feel exactly. like adults totally underestimate kids and how they observe and pick up things around them. And my daughter, similar to what you said when I was with my ex-husband, was like, "No, I think you guys." She said, "When we finally did get divorced, she said, I, I think that made sense for you guys." And I was like, "Huh?" And she was only like nine, and and it shocked me. Uh, but she said, "No, I just, I think you both are great people. I love both of you." But I just don't think the mix of you two together is the right fit. And I just, I was, same thing like you were saying to your mom, I was just shocked that she was that aware or that attuned to it. And now she's dating someone seriously. And I'm like, okay, when are you guys getting married? And she's like, I just want to really be thoughtful about the process. I want to make sure we're ready. I want to really uh, make sure I'm, I'm validating like who this person is as far as like understanding who they are completely. And she said, because when I get married, that's it. I don't want to go through a divorce. So I think kids feel it. And I think it's natural for them to always want their parents to be together. But I think if you can kind of show an example of what it looks like to co-parent in the right way. And I'm, I'm going to be the first to say I wasn't great at that initially, you know, because like you said, on the on the, the end of a divorce, in the middle and the thick of it, it's hard. You're angry. You're frustrated. You're not doing things often the right way. But if you could just give consideration to it being about your kids and making decisions, especially, you know, when there's kids involved, making decisions based on your kids and what's going to make them have a healthier outlook on marriage and divorce, I think that changes the way you can 
go through the whole process. If you make it bigger Definitely. than it looks. Definitely. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's been a journey. Like I said, it was a war and I honestly, um, I was not prepared. Like I, I mean, I was totally blindsided. I did ask for the divorce, but aside from that, I was not prepared. My um, ex went straight to battle and mm -hmm. I, and I was yeah. not behind. So what, what, like, so what would you tell a woman that's sitting like, okay, so someone's sitting in your shoes of what you understand now that happened many, you know, many years ago and your divorce yeah. was was just finalized this year. So this is fresh for you. What would you advise a, a woman or a man that's going through the situation to do? If they know they're thinking about divorce, what would be steps, like practical steps? Because I feel like you have to give people practical steps of like, you know, what to do. Because realistically, you do have bills to pay. You do have oh, yes. a place to live. Um, oh, okay. Yes, hindsight is twenty twenty. So um, in my situation of being, you know, like the stay at home mom, being financially dependent on the other person, save money, put money aside. Like I was not, I was just out here not saving any money. So when that, when that, when that time came, I had no nest egg. I had nothing like just with the money that was in my bank account. And as soon as I asked for a divorce, my ex-husband cut off my credit cards. He cut off the money that he was giving me. I was, it was really touch and go. So I would say if that's something that you're thinking about, um, and if you are, I mean, even if you're working, start to put more money aside, because if you want to becomes all on you, your, your bills will, um, be all on, on how you, they'll be all on you. So just start putting money aside. If you're thinking about just put as much money away as you can. Um, also a thing that happened to me, I went one day to next, my um, ex had taken all the documents out of the house, meaning my kids' birth certificates, their passports, mm -hmm. everything. Um, so, I mean, have your, your everything in order, your documents, your financials, if you share a bank account or if you have any things in common, your house, your any, any get your paperwork in order <laughs> and, um, and yep, yeah, start putting money to the side. Uh, if you need to move. I, I didn't know if I was going to move or not, but I started to look for places. Um, yeah, it's definitely not a decision that you take from, you know, one day to the next. I mean, at least I did and I thought about it. And if you do have the chance to think about it, um, yeah, one thing definitely I could say is to start to put money away, to, to plan for that rainy day, that thunderstorm day, because I mean, all divorces aren't wars, but all of them are not you know, easy, quick, and, you know, cut and drop. So and, and you talked much. about money, and that's, this is like, a, so my dad was a financial planner, so I'm probably a little more hypersensitive because I've watched a lot of couples with money because my dad would take me on his appointments when he would meet with people to go over okay. financial plans. And I met, we met all kinds of people that, you know, had to do financial planning. And so I would say for men and women, when you're married, you should have transparency to financial things that are going on. And you mentioned yeah. something important, like, I think, you know, it just depends on what you're comfortable with. Cause like some people get married later in life. Some people it's their second or third marriage or whatever. So then at that point you have kids and you may have certain things set up financially for them. But I still think when it comes to like the mortgage and the bills that relate to your household, there should be transparency of how the money comes in and how the money goes out. Like I've, I've met many people where they're like, I don't know, I just know the bills get paid. And that is not a good situation for anyone because even yeah, if something were to happen, your spouse, right? You want to know like how to handle those things. Even if you don't feel comfortable 
challenge yourself to, to at least understand like what your financial picture looks like. So that's one of my like Achilles heels. I feel like people are kind of passive about it sometimes because they, they may not have to worry about it. They may have someone who's really great with it. And I'm not saying you take over that responsibility, but allow them to show you what's happening. Cause I've seen so much of a reckoning sometimes where people don't have uh, transparency to what's going on. They think things are being paid. They're not being paid. They end up in uh, foreclosure or they end up not knowing monies are being diverted certain places and in divorce, it gets really crazy as you, as you're talking about. It gets really nasty. And yeah, and add that to the fact, like I said, I was in a foreign country. Like I, my, I definitely relied on especially the, I mean, I took care, took care of my personal bills, but anything could pertain to the house to like my, even my car payments. I mean, all of that was, you know, my ex took care of that. Yeah. And then, and then it comes to a battle, like I said, I had a, a battle where I had to go in court and there, and I'm like, he wants to offer me this sum of money, which is very small. And I'm like, but what about all the bills? But I didn't even know how much the bills were, but I just had a sense of like, this is not going to be enough to cover the bills, you know? And so I had no proof because I had no, he took, removed everything. So, uh, yeah, put money aside, get your paperwork, be, you know, like you said, transparent in um, the financial piece of it. Yeah. Financial piece. Yeah, that that's a, a big, uh, a big thing. Yeah, I, I was totally. And if, you're, and if you're dating as someone and you get to the point you're serious and you're getting engaged and they don't want to talk about finances, run. Because <laughs> that's a red flag. Yeah. It's a red, red, red flag. Because if they can't, because the whole point of marriage is you're coming together. And yeah. if you can't be transparent financially, and I know people are going to say there's nuances, and, and I can honestly attest to I've dated some really successful people, and that's true, they're more closeted about things because of business. But when they really love you, they still will have a conversation with you about it. So if someone's not willing to have a conversation and have some transparency around what's going on financially, don't do it. <laughs> that's yeah. just my two cents on that. So let's talk about yeah. the happier part. What, what are some things that you're really happy about um, now that you've kind of finalized the divorce, you're raising your two sons? What are the things that you are just like surprised that you've discovered about yourself that make you pretty happy about the new state of your life? Even with some of the challenges you still, you know, manage yeah there are challenges but no I'm I feel and through it all even you know maybe not on the darkest day but through it all I'm still I still believe that asking for the divorce and then you know having divorce is one of the best decisions I made for myself and eventually for my kids um I actually feel happy again you know like um I'm happy just you know even sitting at home and looking out the window I am like happy yeah. I'm not like this like like a cloud lingering over my head, like this heavy feeling. Like, and my ex traveled quite a bit, which I think it was one of the reasons why our marriage lasted as long as it did, because he traveled so much for work. So there was times when he wasn't here. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was you know a good thing. So just being happy, um, just I feel like I'm coming back to myself. Um, you know, like I said, I left my my home, I left my country, I left my job, my career, everything for this man. I moved to another country where I didn't work, I didn't really speak the language. Um, so just finding my my lane, like with like I, with the the blog now the uh, the community I created. Um, I'm just happy. I wrote a book, which has like been uh, a lifetime dream. So yeah, I wrote a book last year and had it published. So. Yeah, I just, I feel 
like I'm more myself, like the self, like when I was in high school or early 20s, if, if I envision myself, it's more like this than, um, let's say, the married me. I feel like I'm more. And I, I want to tell people that, like, I like the top, the, the term you use. You said, I'm solidly single. To me, when I think of something being solidly single, it's like something that feels steady. It feels good. It feels comfortable. Like, like, yeah, I definitely, I'm not saying I'm not looking for partnership or companionship eventually, but I feel good. Like I'm in a good place and you just express that. And so I want people to know that, yes, you know, divorce is definitely a, 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 a very stressful change. Like I think it's one of the top three stressors. I think it's like losing oh. a job, moving and divorce. And I don't think it's even in that order. But all of them are such a reckoning or, or change to your life. It's such a disruptive change. And one of the things that I uh, learned this week that I, I love that uh, I was sitting through like a, a, a lady who was facilitating a workshop. She said there's something in life called change and transition, right? So the changes are the things that happen to us immediately that changed our state of life. COVID has changed the way we operate, right? It was an immediate change, but really the change is immediate. And, and once the change happens, that's the change is, you know, it happens. But what's the more difficult part for us is the transition. The transition yes. is like what happens after the change and the time period it, think it takes to move through that change, how you adjust to it. And, and there's ways to make that transition more successful. So Nicole, I, I'm going to point out things you said that I think are important for people here sitting here thinking about maybe ending a relationship, uh, going through a divorce. It's going to hurt because because we emotionally get bonded to people. And when you love someone and it ends, it hurts. It, it's it's rejection. It's it's failure. It's all of those things in our minds, right? It's sadness. Am I going to be alone? Am I going to find someone else ever? You don't even think about that part yet, but it's just like, is this is this it? And, you know, I went through this, I invested this time and energy. Is it over? Um, but I want people to know that's the change, right? But the transition is like the things you talked about, financially preparing, you know, just always putting things in place so you can set yourself up in case, in, in the event you know it's gonna happen, right? Being proactive, that helps you to get through that transition. It's, you, you said something else, it was you kind of building this community of people that you could talk to about your experience. Now, everyone doesn't have to go out there and talk about their experience, but what I think probably you didn't realize is psychologically and physically, you were writing down your experiences. And I think there's a power to putting pen to paper, paper, fingertips to phone, <laughs> to your notes or whatever way you journal to just get out like how you're feeling about things, right? So that it kind of becomes less daunting something about seeing something on paper, like even when we were kids and we were writing out our dreams, I'm gonna be a music star, I'm gonna be a president of the US, whatever the thing is you wrote out, it was something about seeing on paper, you're like, oh, this is kind of feasible. I think I can make it happen. And let's even go back simple, simpler. I'm gonna graduate at the top of my class. And we've heard stories of people who did these things and it, it, they kind of manifested it, right? Because they started then developing the conscious and subconscious behaviors to get to that goal. So. I like what you said about just like being proactive, understanding that, yeah, it's going to be challenges along the way, but in the end, you're, you're landed in a good, a good place. And that's the transition you're going through. And at the end of the transition is peace, right? You have peace of mind, peace of spirit. You, you recognize there's things you're still going to have to grow through with your kids and, 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 and still deal with, with your um, ex-husband, but you can manage through that because you kind of have like mentally, right? Prepared yourself. Um, to, to get through those things. So I think that's really encouraging. Why don't you tell them the name of your book? You, you mentioned you wrote a book and also kind of where people can find you if they want to learn more about you. 
Yeah, so the book uh, is called Making a Stylish Exit, Random Stories of Dating After Divorce. So it's uh, it's really light. It's like a little bit of Sex in the City, Devil uh, Wears Prada, because they're short stories. Each chapter is um, recounts a different uh, encounter I had with a gentleman. You know, it's my story of trying to get back out there on the dating scene, you know, certain 40 plus in a different country. And um, yeah, like last time I was single, there were no smartphones, there were no dating apps. So That's a show we have to do, like you yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, yeah, it, it, was, it was like a whole, a whole new world. I had no idea what was happening. So um, yeah, I had some very funny um, encounters. So that's uh, what I talk about in, in the book. Um, and you can find me on the same thing, Making a Stylish Exit is my Instagram. I'm also on Facebook under the same thing. So that's Making a Stylish Exit. And now I have a podcast as well, Making a Stylish Exit, but this is confidently moving on. So it's about the next steps and, uh, you know, love, dating, relationships, self-care, how to, you know, keep yourself together through this process and, and even beyond. Nicole, thank you so much for sharing your experience with our listeners. I think that there will be people that will listen to this and feel a little bit more peace of mind going through a divorce or a major transition because I think the, the themes are similar. We just fear what we don't know until we're in it. And then we're like, man, I am stronger than I thought I was. <laughs> and then you know, I, I learned more about myself than I ever did. I, I like that you're taking this time to kind of just figure out like who you are, what makes you happy, what makes you tick. You're starting to date, but you're kind of like, you know, it's kind of comical some of the things that <laughs> you're encountering right along the process. Or, along the process. Yes, thank you so much for for having me here. Uh, yeah, I, and that was one of the reasons why I created the or the community. I created what I what I couldn't find because I believe sharing your story, even if it helps one person, it, that's already you know wonderful. Because and especially being here, the resources are different. So, so yeah, I kind of created a safe space or safe community for people, women, mostly women, but you know, men are always welcome to just vent and share their stories and share their experiences. So well thank you, know, you each for one that. and I'm sure women and, and men appreciate that because going through divorce is one of the most difficult things. Um, I think that you can go through, but I think you learn so much about yourself in the process. And it doesn't feel good in the moment, but on the back end, look at all the wisdom that you've gained and that you can now share back to your community to help them through it. And I think that part of it's rewarding. So sometimes there's some gain to the pain, <laughs> right? Oh, uh, that way. But thank you so much for the show. So you can find Nicole Richmond um, on Instagram, like she said, under making a stylish exit. And uh, she is a great uh, fashionista as well. So you'll love like some of the things she posts about fashion as well on her page. And thank you so much for being on the show, Nicole. Um, we're going to leave the show there. That's why I was playing our Jonas Brothers, I believe, because I always believe there is a way to a better place, no matter what you're going through. I'm so glad you guys tuned in. Thank you for always supporting the show. Um, until next time, XOXO. And please remember to subscribe to future episodes of the Bed Talks podcast on the Anchor app, uh, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and many other uh, platforms. And until next time, again, XOXO. Sorry, we're good.